Welcome to Duct Tape and Paper Clips. I'm Nathan Hartswick. And I'm Annie Russell. This is the show where we rewatch, review, and ridicule every episode of MacGyver for the first time since our childhoods. That is correct. And right now, we are breaking down season two, episode 16, Out in the Cold. Out in the Cold. We're going to find out how it holds up. But first, let's catch up a little. Annie, how is your week going so far? My week has been so good. I, uh, yeah, I did the most fun show this weekend. I saw pictures. It looked like awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. It was at this really cool waterfront venue that was behind sort of this um, upscale market that does food and they have a wine shop. And so folks can go and like Mm. get their little picnic stuff and buy a bottle of wine and come and watch the show like right with the backdrop of the water. Um, And it was, it's just one of those like really fun shows where, you know, it, it was sold out. We had probably 115 people there um, who were just all raring to go and bought tickets and were so excited to be seeing live comedy. Um, And the lineup was so fun. Um, And yeah, I had the best time. It was just like, oh yeah, like this is kind of how outdoor shows can be. Right. right. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. It was awesome. I had such a blast um, performing at this. It's called the comedy edge for any Bay area people who might want to check it out. Um, It's a a monthly thing. It happens every week, every Every Saturday night. Um, And so if, yeah, if people want to bundle up and go. They've got the outdoor heaters going. They've got Mm. um, food and beverage um, and the food is really good. I had like this amazing risotto um, and the crowd was so awesome. So I I had the best time. Awesome. Uh, Congratulations. That's so exciting to be getting back on stage and have like uh, have a win, (laughs) you know? I mean, truly, like I've been on stage a little bit in the past couple of weeks, but like it definitely was feeling a little bit like a wobbly deer for the first um, (laughs) couple. And then, um, yeah, to do like a really well-produced outdoor show is really nice because I have always been a little bit wary of outdoor comedy, um, Uh, even before the pandemic. Um, And so it's really nice to see it happen um, in a good way. And I think part of what made it work um, is that this, uh, this was sort of like under this, like it was high, but it was under this like wooden overhang roof thing. Mm. So like you still had the feeling of like being, you know, close to people and you still had a place for the laughs to bounce off of instead of just, you know, escaping into the sky. Yeah. So, so yeah, it is always fun to me when I see, um, an outdoor show that's done well. Uh, what about you? What's been going on? Uh, well, um, Let's see. The real drama for today is that uh, we had a we had a squirrel murder in our yard <laughs> earlier today by my. It was a partnership between my two dogs. Wow. Um, but man, it, it you never you never like seeing that, you know, especially close up. Natalie was the unfortunate person who had to watch the whole thing happen live, <laughs> and it oh was just. Uh, Did they just catch a squirrel and? Yeah, kill it? I mean, I have this dog Ellen who's just incredibly fast, um, very powerful, and is obsessed with the squirrels in our yard, and generally mm-hmm. doesn't get them. Uh, she's usually a little bit too slow. I put a you know a, a collar on her that jingles, <laughs> and usually the squirrel has one nanosecond to find a tree um, yeah. when I let her out, and uh, and usually she doesn't make it. But um, but this time she did, and uh, this was a 
the first time that my other dog Tina, who's the little one with the little like mm-hmm. bum leg, she has like a like a, a problem back leg. <laughs> so, so she's she, not usually catching anything. No, but she came. Tr- but she's the alpha, so she came trotting out, and Ellen had the thing in her mouth, and oh, Tina came straight over and basically pushed Ellen out of the way. And <laughs> this is going to get a little graphic for a second. Put her mouth around the neck of the squirrel and just squeezed until it went to sleep. <laughs> my god that is traumatic and then we discovered that ellen had like bleeding scratch marks on her chin because <sighs> clearly this thing put up a fight it was just a it was a deal <laughs> it was an ordeal that sounds like a horrible and was, something yeah. i would never want to win yeah so anyway not to gross anybody out not to upset anybody uh it was upsetting to us as well but it was just like one of those things that's in their nature you can't and then you have to like tina looked at me so confused she like she dropped the thing looked at me it was just like i'm trying to bring this to you like, do you understand? <laughs> there, was, there was like, I was worried that if I reached forward and tried to take it from her, she was going to growl at me, bite me, yeah. whatever. And I, I got a little closer and she was just stepped out of the way. Like, dude, this is yours. I got it for you. <laughs> it was very, so you're like, feel bad because you're yelling at them. You're screaming. And then you have to be like, it's, it's okay. It's not your fault. Yeah, you know? They think so, they're doing something really yeah, right. So we just valuable. brought them in, gave them a treat and they like slept for the rest of the day. Like they're like wow. super traumatized. Wow. Anyway, so that's, that's the drama. I guess. So, yeah, I have not had that happen with my dog. He is uh, not interested in hunting. <laughs> like, he's he is bred, like, he is of a breed where, like, they are birders. So, like, uh-huh. he, he would, you know, go after a bird in the water or something sure. like that. But, like, um, typically that manifests itself in just, like, fetching a ball right, until right, right. he is completely passed out. Um, so luckily we have not, um, <laughs> had that, but we, um, we had a friend send us a picture of her dog with a porcupine oh. accident happening yeah. with a bunch of needles. And I was like, that is my worst nightmare. Yeah, like, that too. is the thing yeah. I hope never happens. We've dealt with skunks before, but never porcupines, knock on wood. Um, well, enough of the animal talk. I think it's time we started the show and brought our guest in. What do you say? Let's do it. All right. Our guest today. Oh, a hilarious comedian you've seen on Netflix's Comedians of the World at the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival in Montreal and just all over the damn world. Uh, they've got an album called Tell It to My Balls. Please welcome Dean <laughs> <Deanne> Smith. <laughs> Hi. Hi. I Hi. do have an album called you titled Tell It, it to that. My Balls. Balls. I did years after tell it to my balls had 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 a viral moment on Twitter and I didn't even want to call it that and then my girlfriend at the time was like you know what it's the most famous thing people know and I yeah. did it and then you know I don't know how deep we want to get into this but there was a small and I say small faction of trans women online that thought okay. I was making fun of trans bodies with tell it to my balls huh but clearly had not heard the bit right. because the bit is about male confidence. Um, yes. <laughs> and anyway, there we there we have it. So I, there were multiple reasons to regret having called my album <laughs> down to my mom. I love that every time someone plugs that, there's like a rumor that needs to be dispelled. Yes. Like, yeah. You're just yeah, like, you I, I would just want to get out in front of this right now. <laughs> yeah. By the way, uh, um, yeah, that was that was like, um, I didn't expect to get into this off the top, but why not? Just be not? open-hearted and do right, it. Right. It yeah. was incredibly disheartening i have to say to and 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 believe me the reaction was small i'm blowing it out of proportion but to have released an album after you know nearly a decade of 
like working hard on my craft, always trying to be inclusive. I mean, if you know me, mm-hmm. I if there's a victim of the joke, it's this guy or it's yeah. somebody <laughs> higher up than all right. of us, you know? Um, and then to put that out like, here, I've lovingly crafted this album for you. And like, you're making fun of trans women. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. No. I remember um, having a whole conversation with you about like, because it, it it can be difficult sometimes, you know, like a, a whole conversation about the impulse to call everybody guys and, and oh, you know, having yeah. to curb that impulse on stage to talk to the audience that way. And it's, you know, do I have to, I haven't, I've, yeah. I haven't come down on that. I've actually been taking a poll lately about if we all believe that guys is, is gender inclusive. I believe that it is. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a they, them. And I say, okay, let's call everybody guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. But until I get another email from somebody called, um, oh, sorry, I used her actual name. Until I get one more email from somebody that saw me perform at a lesbian brunch during a film festival for 400 people at noon, telling me that I should replace the word guys with the phrase Gaia's because we are all of the earth. Oh, Gaia's, dear Lord. And Gaia's hey. is much more inclusive. So I've gotten one of those emails so far. If I get okay. another one, I'll do it. Um, <laughs> it's it's that's the threshold it's two oh, there are all, two emails that need to come in we're all doing the best we can yeah there is a bot um in my work slack that will correct you um if you use the term guys um <gasps> you address a, a group of people so huh. so what do we use we use folks with an x we use folks People, Y'all. people, like we're comedians from the mid eighties. Hey, people, what's going on, people? <laughs> I tend to use friends and a gang a lot. Uh, those are my go tos. Gang is yeah. on the edge of problematic. I'm not. Gonna is it? Say. I don't. I don't feel comfortable like saying gang. Yeah. It implies violence. It I implies... do not. I mean, when I say it, if it matters, I'm not picturing like a gang, a like literal street <laughs> gang. I'm picturing like, should I say gaggle instead? Because that's what I'm picturing. Is there's a gaggle, a gaggle. of people. What's up, Gaggle? Hey, what's up, I my gander. Gaggle? Um, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, don't know. I regret that we've started this conversation. But here's what I want to know, though. Like, are are the comedians who don't give a crap about what they're saying or who they're offending getting the same emails? Like, I want to know that. No. No, they're not. No, because they don't have those fans. <laughs> yes. Yeah, isn't even there. <laughs> should I stop saying you should. You should if you want me to cut it out. <laughs> uh, there's only so many times I'm going to cut that out before. She's not I listening. Um, I lost her. I lost her that day. Yeah, you lost her. Well, uh, what else is going on with you? You're living in Vancouver area. Yes, I want to do that. I want to tell you, but I also want to backtrack just to the term friends to let you know that I don't know what generation we're calling kids that are like eight to 12. Mm. What generation is that? Z plus? I don't think. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Those kids, they will roast you if you call them friends because my little niece and nephew think it's the most hilarious. They told me, well, when school was in session, so a year ago or whatever, they were like, there's this monitor at school and she doesn't know anyone's name. So she just says, hey, friend. Hi, friend. Hey, friend. Can you get off Mm. the swing? Friends, it's time to go inside. And they were really roasting this woman for calling Mm. everybody friends. So watch out. But this, you've you've taken the sample size of how many kids and extrapolated (laughs) it to an an entire generation (laughs) of kids. These kids just have one nerdy lady at their school. (laughs) I don't think it's a Generation. I 100% am cringing because I have done that to a group oh, of yeah. children me and too. I'm sure they made yeah. fun of me. Yeah, that's probably what it is. It was an outsized emotional reaction that I had right. where I was like, 
That seems normal. <laughs> How hard are these kids going to roast me? Yeah. All right. You want to talk about Vancouver? I'm living in Vancouver. I just want to, I want to know what you're up to. Well, it is a gorgeous day here, which is new for Vancouver. So this mm. is so exciting. Um, before we moved here, I, I knew it rained a lot in the Pacific Northwest. Mm. I heard mm -hmm. it could be depressing, yeah. but I <laughs> did not fully know what it felt like wow. until I was in it. Yeah. Um, so now that the sun is shining again, we're walking around, all the trees are, are flowering. Mm. It is gorgeous. Also, um, during the pandemic, I realized I have become extremely focused on weather. I've turned it to my parents. Yeah. Like you asked me, how's it going? And I'm just like, well, the trees are blossoming and it's yeah. a lovely 68 degrees. This is all I care about every day. I check yeah. the weather first thing and last thing. I mean, it's life. the only thing that changes. It is the only thing that changes. That's why. Yeah. That's oh, why man. I've been so depressed in the Bay Area. It's been the same for the past year of my life. Um, well, you did have that really nice, uh, like you had a break for fires. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, we yeah, that did time have the that sky was on fire. Terror during fire <laughs> yeah, the time season. the sky was orange and smelled like a barbecue. Oh. <laughs> How's your dog? How's your doggo? Oh, of course. Thanks for asking. Rudy's doing great. Um, she's doing even better now that I've discovered dried sardines. I don't know if you guys know about these. Whoa! Mm -hmm. It no. is an amazing treat for your dog. They come mm -hmm. right. They come from Canada. I think they come from right around here where I am in BC. Um, full fish dried head and everything. I've somehow decided that the head is the tastiest part because I have to break them in little pieces. My dog's only five pounds. Um, so I'm like, oh, got a head. So I am um, tri like with an eyeball and everything. Yeah. Um, so she's she's great because she's very motivated by these sardine treats. She's learning not to bark so crazily at other dogs as we go on walks. Uh, wow. It's all happening for her. Amazing. Yeah. We did a little dog training thing with our dogs and that we used a sardine, but like a fresh one for a specific <gasps> reason. They were like, they were Ooh. like very mysterious about it. One week they were like, next week, we want you to get a can of sardines. We'll tell you why next week. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's very, so fun. Very mysterious. And it ended up being like, they wanted to blow the dog's mind with something and like yes. in the training. So they used that as a way for them to like explode huh. their brain. Like, oh my God, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Seems to be working. And and the use of the word sardine has increased 100% in my household. Because we will take one out on a walk and I'll yeah. be with Nicole, my partner. And it's like between like holding Rudy and the poop bag and possibly you're holding a drink, the sardine. Oh. Hold my sardine is a phrase that we use <laughs> at least once a day. It's like, yeah. can you hold this sardine? Hold my sardine. Oh, that's adorable. Um, I feel like, so you are our first returning guest of this podcast. <gasps> I'm honored. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, thank um, you. We had so much fun doing a live episode with you in season one. We wanted to bring you back. Um, and so I'm sure on that episode, we talked about whether you'd watched MacGyver before. I do remember you saying on that last episode that it, you found it distinctly comforting. <laughs> that it was yeah, like, I, oh, I, I know everything's going to work out. Um, but yeah, I didn't yeah. realize. Sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you so much. I just got no. so jazzed by yeah, MacGyver. No, go. Um, you talk. <laughs> I didn't realize I had said that before, but it does remain consistent. The, the The theme music is comforting and homey to me. I think I was about 10 probably when this episode came out. And so my dad would have been watching, you know, it was like mm -hmm. it's back. It's background. Although and you, you guys are going to recap this episode. This particular episode did not feel comforting. I had to cling to the notion that it will all turn out. But mm -hmm. there were moments of this episode that were very panic inducing. <laughs> uh, latent claustrophobia was brought up for me. I mean, many yeah, things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. MacGyver was in constant danger and mm. I was scared. 
<laughs> he was. And as someone who's had some bad experiences skiing, um, I was just fully um, having flashbacks yeah, for an hour. Yeah. Um, it was hard. Yeah. It was triggering. Well, uh, I'm sorry to have to make you relive it. <laughs> um, well, but we, sh we should get into it then. Shall we get into it, Annie? Yes. Um, we are going to do a little summary here for anybody who may either have not watched the episode or doesn't remember what happened. Uh, Annie, let's get a summary of Out in the Cold. Oh, I would be delighted. And what an episode it was. Okay, so MacGyver and his boss slash friend who he goes on vacations with, apparently, uh, Pete, are on a ski vacation when they meet Phil, an informant who secretly slips some microfilm into MacGyver's ski pole just before getting shot and killed by the mob while on a ski slope. The mobster's gunshots set off an avalanche, totally real thing that could happen, which traps MacGyver under a mountain of snow. Pete rescues him but then breaks his own stupid leg walking to the car i repeat he <laughs> broke his leg walking to the car <laughs> he is resting up slash being needy at macgyver's apartment when Maga when mob boss sam leland who knows macgyver has the microfilm kidnaps pete to pressure macgyver to give it back Mac shows up at the warehouse where Pete is being held, defeats the mob guys, and saves Pete, who promptly falls and breaks his other leg. <laughs> wow. Uh, we usually uh, start by talking about like the low-hanging fruit, the stuff that we have to talk about about this episode. Deanne, what were those things for you? I mean, there's truly so much that, that I feel that I have to talk about, so I hope we have time to get to it all. Yeah. Um, the first thing I remembered hearing Annie's recap is just that Pete was incredibly chill every time he broke his leg. He just yeah. kind of go, whoops, yeah. the guy broke my leg. He never seemed in pain. No. He never seemed startled by this yeah. turn yeah. of events, it's, especially the second one. He was just like, yep, broke the second one. Have either of you um, broken bones before? Yes. No, thank goodness. It, yeah. it Annie, is it's painful. Excruciating. Mm -hmm. And there right. is absolutely zero chance um, that that would be the reaction right. that you would have. <laughs> right. Nor is that in any way a believable um, way to fall and, and, break, and your break your leg. Like that's yeah. the other part yeah. that. Um, <laughs> well, he only has like, he doesn't have a lot of like uh, physical skill in terms of like the stunt he's able to do. He could, I could fall down. I have one way I can fall and down. And yet they have him doing things on this show I that. Know. I know. Scaling down mountains. Be doing. Um, I broke Wait, my collarbone Annie. skiing. Yeah, go ahead. Oh yeah. Well, I want to hear, but that's what I want to know, but I want these details from Annie first. What did you break and how? So I broke my wrist actually when I was living in Vermont and we had a, um, a water main break on my, in my neighborhood. And therefore I had no water to make dinner. So I went to, um, <laughs> I'm like, how does this end with you breaking your wrist? I'm uh, you're about to find wait. out. So I went to um, like a corner store to buy a couple of gallons of water. So I'm holding those in my hand and it was a freezing cold winter in Vermont. And it was so cold that as the water was pouring out of this water main, it was like freezing all mm. over the sidewalk, the street, the everything. Um, and so as I was holding two gallons of water, oh, no. um, I slipped on the ice from the water main um, and I broke my wrist um, in two places. And uh, it was excruciating. And um, the idea that Pete would just sort of like slump down and be like, Whoopsie. I think I broke my leg. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oopsie doodles. Not a thing. <laughs> oh, that's a very Vermont injury. It really was. That was maybe my, I think that was my first winter in Vermont. Too. I, that, so tracks, like, that tracks. That tracks. Because people who move yeah. here, like all those injuries where people slip on the ice and fall and break something, they're usually like new to Vermont. <laughs> yes. I'm trying to think of the like the MacGyver-esque pun that you would say to be like yeah. extremely relaxed about the event. And the best thing I can come up to come up with because it was so water heavy is just H2, whoa! <laughs> yes. That's the best wow. I can do. That's great. Said. That's great. <laughs> um, Nate, collarbone skiing, what? Collarbone skiing. Happened? I went off a jump at the bottom of the ski hill and my ski tips like dipped down and Ooh. hit the ground and flew, flung me forward neck first and I thought I broke my neck. Oh and, my God. Like I heard the crack and everything. And then uh, my it, what was really disappointing to me at the time, because I was like a, I don't know, sophomore in high school or something, is that uh, is that I did it right in front of the first aid shack. So I didn't get to like ride the cool <laughs> sled down the hill. <laughs> that was a real, I was really disappointed by that. Uh, they I was just, just kicked like, they you just, into the shack. They, yeah, they basically just came out and they're like, you want to get up so we can treat you? I feel like that is a very Vermont injury because all of the lifelong Vermonters that I know are like, yeah, some idiot from New Jersey who was a beginner skier like yeah. rammed into me and then I wound up breaking. It you was, know, I mean, when bones. I look back on it, I hadn't skied in like a year and I, I like, I picked up some skis and boots at a ski swap. So I wasn't familiar with them. Mm. I was a new mountain that I'd never been to. Like there were all these perfect storm situations, but it hurt so badly. Like I was just in tears, you know, I'm not going to like quip. I think I broke my collarbone. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's not pleasant. And, and here's the other nerdy Nate thing about that. The other thing I distinctly remember, I fucking hated phys ed. Of course I did. Um, Cause I was a nerd. I hated phys ed and they did these units. And so we had to do all these like macho aggro units and stuff. But then we had a unit for juggling for like a month yes. where we learned to juggle that Vermont. first of all, I was in theater, so I already knew how to juggle. And secondly, <laughs> oh I broke my collarbone and I couldn't get a fucking A on the unit because I couldn't do the juggling unit because I had broken my collarbone. <laughs> so did they give you anything else to do or they just put you in the corner with your cast and you had watch That is where my memory begins and ends. I do not remember. Uh, but anyway, so yes, I think uh, this episode, I mean, Dan, we have been bitching about Pete for a very long time. And this was a peak Pete episode. Like Pete is a piece of shit who makes everything worse. And this episode, uh, I just couldn't wait to get Annie going on it because I was like, Annie hates Pete. And this is a real. I mean, I haven't seen Pete before this. So I will say he's a good friend in that he did save MacGyver's life. Mm -hmm. Yes. But it seems like he's going to hold that against MacGyver now Forever. I'm gonna I'm gonna correct you. You did meet Pete in the episode you watched because you watched Death Trap with us, right? Or Deathlock or whatever it was. Yeah, Deathlock. And, and he Pete that was a very early appearance of Pete where he came in and they hugged and he was like, Hey buddy or whatever, congratulations on, a, on the promotion. And then I think that he got electrocuted by a phone and spent most of the episode <laughs> <laughs> unconscious on the floor. Oh no. That's why I don't remember Pete. Okay. So yeah. he's been the worst. He's been the he's worst. He's always a victim. Uh, and yes. someone, even when he tries to help. Yeah. Pete is not good at his job. I've said it before. <laughs> I will say it again. This guy does not belong in the field. I feel. <laughs> and the idea that these two go on vacation together feels really inappropriate to me. Like yeah. Pete is MacGyver's boss. Yeah. Um, 
And I have been a boss before. And the first call I'm making for my trip that I want to take to Hawaii is certainly not going to be one of my direct reports. Like that is not going to (laughs) happen. And also I'm certainly not letting that person talk me out of the vacation I want to go on, which is to Hawaii. Um, (laughs) It it made no sense to me that he was there. I I appreciate you pointing that out because I think it's indicative of how deep I am in the pandemic and how much I have just (laughs) been rolling with accepting whatever reality is that it didn't even occur to me that these two weren't bound to each other and obligated to take vacations. I just accepted it. Like, well, I guess it's Hawaii next time. I hope (laughs) this show is about Pete and Mac together, their friendship, right? (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, I mean, we'll talk more about Pete, I'm sure. Is there anything else that jumped out at either one of you in terms of like low-hanging fruit? I, I want to say this. I don't know if it's low-hanging fruit, but it feels like the appropriate moment to say it. Again, mm. it's it's indicative of how deeply in the pandemic I am. But when Pete was kidnapped and stuck at the warehouse, mm. the first thing I thought, like how I thought it was uncomfortable was not like, oh no, they might kill him or they mm. might torture him or whatever. I was like, ugh, he's stuck there. He's got to make conversation with these mobsters until <laughs> MacGyver gets there. I just, to me, that was the torture. Yeah. Was just like the, ugh, the social interaction of hanging out with right. these idiots. That was that was scary because we've we've established that those guys are not fun to hang out with. They're not particularly good on the slopes. Um, They're also are like they don't even want to entertain the idea of ordering Chinese, which I feel like (laughs) is like, can you hang for one second, like and just get food with us? Like, come on. I had a similar thought, which was uh, when he when he's talking to when the mob boss is talking to his like lieutenant, he he is waving that handkerchief around. Like I was like, he might as well have a loaded gun in his hand as far as I'm concerned. Like he's blowing his nose into this handkerchief and waving it around this guy's face. I'm like, that (laughs) is so terrifying to me now. Yeah. Like that's more terrifying than a gun. It was a lot to take in the lady rescuer. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, the, Mm -hmm. what would you call her? The search Sure. I, I don't know what the like real the world is. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. kind of like search, the, the, the head of patrol. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How casually, I have a note here. It's how I remember <laughs> how casually she tried to comfort Pete when he thought he was going to lose MacGyver in the avalanche. Oh, yeah. She goes, I know how you feel. I lost two friends this way. And then she just kind of <laughs> walks away. It's like, what? You lost two friends to an avalanche and you're just this relaxed about it? Wow. She was very chill and she also was not dressed the way I would expect the search and rescue Mm. um, ski patrol to be dressed. Like she um, looked like a a recreational skier in that outfit. Like Mm. I'm expecting like a big oversized jacket with like a logo on the back of it type Mm. of thing, like a big red, you know, red cross symbol or something. I didn't get any of that for her, but like, the avalanche itself is what I need to talk about. <laughs> the <laughs> yeah. stock footage from 1946. I don't, yeah. uh-huh. Like, I'm sure, Nathan, you looked this up. I Where did. Where is that footage from? <laughs> what are we seeing? Well, it certainly was not filmed in 1980. I love this so much. Uh, I, what I really love is anytime, especially at the top of an episode, that you see MacGyver dressed in something kooky, we're about to see some stock footage because they're trying <laughs> to match him with whatever the guy was do, like, was wearing Which, in the stock the footage. Which, by the way, that outfit was fire. Was, I loved his I love the outfit, outfit yeah. too. It was yeah. great, but it was definitely, it was nothing MacGyver would ever wear normally, but it was something that was in the stock footage, so they had to put him in. Um, uh, here's This may be the most most used footage we've seen so far. So I looked this up and this 
all this footage of the the guy in red skiing away and the avalanche and stuff uh, was first seen in a movie and shot for a movie called Avalanche in 1978. Wow. Okay. In 1979, in 19, yeah. the very next year, they repurposed it for a movie called Meteor, uh, which has Sean Connery in it. Uh, then the same year, they repurposed the same footage for an episode of Heart to Heart. Then wow. in... 82 they used it in an episode of the fall guy then they used it for macgyver in 1987 then they used it for a movie called saturday the 14th strikes back in 1988 all the same footage in all of these things wow this was the getty stock video of its time i mean it's good footage how many people are grabbing avalanche shots you know right and when are we going to watch Saturday the 14th, The Revenge, or whatever? I, I don't know. <laughs> Strikes we, back? That's crazy. We must. We must. But this was, like, clearly staged in the Alps, right. or, or a mountain range that has, like, an incredibly high grade, right? Yeah. And then the shots that they film yes. for <laughs> actually for under like, the avalanche, it is like not even a bunny slope. Like yeah. it is all like almost flat. Yeah, um, yeah. And I could not have been the only person to notice. This. No, of course not. I loved that though. I kind of loved, I kind of loved that. Like everyone in the parking lot was just sort of looking up and then they had perfect vision to see like exactly where MacGyver was on the slopes, like 10,000 feet up. Uh, it was, I, I also, so I love the kind of low rent kind of vibe of like, they clearly went to a shitty ski resort and they got as much footage as they could. And there was like real snow and it didn't look like the Alps. It looked like kind of like, Oh, this is a shitty ski resort. Um, and I was pleasantly surprised by how there are several shots where Richard Dean Anderson is skiing like a motherfucker. And like, you can tell yes. that he knows how to ski. Yeah. Which was okay. Fun. I, because I believe that he did that cool guy like ski spray yep. onto yes. Pete because yep. I was really looking for a break and an edit. Me too. That Me was too. Richard Dean Anderson. Absolutely. Yeah. What a yeah, cool the guy. guy can ski and and there were some close ups. So I'm like, oh, he's he's really skiing. Um, which which is always kind of cool to see, right? I because see it. I like seeing that better than I liked seeing him skate because he is a hockey player and he did all his own skating in that episode we watched, but the skating had fuck all to do with the story. It's like, who <laughs> they built a story around hockey so he could like get some rink time in. But like you can do the sort of James Bondy kind of ski scene and have it be like kind of thrilling and romantic. And uh, so it was good that he well, knew how to ski. Well, that's the other thing I was trying to figure out because I, when I saw... Um, the mobsters shoot the guy while they were both on skis. I was mm -hmm. trying to figure out, like, have I ever seen this before? Mm. Um, and then uh, Paul pointed out to me, he's like, they do this in every single James Bond movie. Yeah. Have yeah. you never seen a James Bond movie? And I was like, it turns out, no. Lots of people with guns on skis in Bond movies. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. Any other, what, what, what are the other things we got to talk about here? I mean... I liked the fact that the mobster had a nagging wife at home. <laughs> Ultimately, that's how he got distracted. He had to make a phone call and he, right. he was like, I'll be home when I'm home. No, I'm not picking up the milk. <laughs> that was ultimately his downfall was the old broad back oh, home. Always, always. Isn't that always the case? Did you catch the, uh, I didn't catch this. I had to see it in the trivia notes that he said sort of Socrates instead of sort of Damocles. Yes, he said yeah. sort of Socrates. Socrates, which is yeah. crazy. Like, I, I, wait, I, I, I felt I heard that, but I don't understand the reference either way. 
<sighs> Annie, you want to explain it? Cause you're probably smarter about it than I am, but I, knew I it was wrong. I'm going to have to look up what, what the, but he, he misquoted something. He misquoted so. it. Cause the sword of Damocles is the sword that hangs over the guy by a human hair or something where it's like going to drop at any second. And so it's something dangerous. Um, but Socrates is a philosopher. <laughs> the, yeah. Right. Is, okay. I didn't understand yeah. it at all, but I've also so, yeah. never heard of the sword of Damocles. Of Damocles. I, he was using it to describe like a really high risk situation. Yeah. I'm also not even convinced that that should have been applied to this in general. But the fact that um, he said sort of Socrates, like I mean, I, my, so my dumb guy. I bet I, it was intentional. My dumb research uh, showed that it wasn't yeah. in the in the shooting script, so it feels like <gasps> something they made up on the day to like maybe intentionally show how dumb he was, or the director doesn't know the difference between Sophocles and Damocles. It's hard to tell by the reaction of the other people in the scene where the, whether it's supposed to be, oh, this guy's dumb or whether it's just a <laughs> dumb line. Yeah, that did not. If that was supposed to show that, like, wow, this guy is so dumb, he doesn't even know the sort of Damocles <laughs> like that's that's not hitting for me. No, I no. mean, if that's if that's the intention, this guy is so dumb and never even heard of the sort of Damocles. <laughs> oh, but so speaking dumb. of not hearing of stuff, how about in the truck? When MacGyver was getting out of a jam, he had been kidnapped. Mm. He squirted soy sauce in the eyes of yeah. the driver and yes. the kidnapper. And they were like, whoa, what is this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> it was like, in the mid-80s, were, were people that unaware of Chinese food and yeah. soy sauce? <laughs> well, not only were they not down to uh, even entertain the idea of eating the egg roll, which, I, again, I think is silly. Um, the idea that that would work mm-hmm. um, is obviously... Salty. Like, you know, that's some of the fun of MacGyver. He does a bunch of shit that would never work in real life. We're on board. It's fine. But like weaponizing soy sauce feels (laughs) not okay. He had just also been anti-MSG when they were ordering, which I also feel like is a weird racist thing. So I was like, you guys are are, are in an area here that I'm starting to feel. I don't know. I didn't take it as a racist thing. I just took it as a... I don't know. Wow, that soy sauce packet has a lot of PSI in it. <laughs> sure. But yeah. yeah. I mean, what's I gonna say about that? The the vegetarian, the fact that MacGyver's a vegetarian and made a tofu casserole, I mean, I love that as an idea of what people think vegetarians right. eat. Yeah. Right. Especially oh, yeah. in the 80s. It was such a like they love that joke of like MacGyver is always making the weirdest bean curdy shit. Cause like in the eighties, <laughs> a vegetarian was like, that's not a real man. <laughs> yeah. The best part of that for me was Nicole wasn't going to watch the episode with me. I was like, I'm going to watch this thing. You can join me or not. She's like, no, I don't think I'm interested. She sat down. She was immediately hooked <laughs> to the point that when I thought she was, I thought she was, um, kind of just goofing around on her phone, just getting lost in her phone next to me. And then I go, oh, look, I get a tofu casserole. That's silly. And she just looks up from her phone and she goes, well, I mean, he's a vegetarian. I was just reading that. <laughs> so she, was, she was doing like a deep dive oh during God. the episode that I was so unaware of. She stayed with it the whole time. And she, wow. she, I'm sure you already know this, but then she was giving me the trivia. She goes, do you know, at least in one episode, they said his real name, his real first name. You guys mm-hmm. have have you seen this already? No, it comes much later. It's like it a sweep sweep until the end of thing. the okay. reveal. The big reveal. Mm-hmm. Well, then I won't spoil it. I mean, we already have. Even so though the show's been out for thirty years. Not to mention yeah. they 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 use his first name in the reboot, which is the same first name. So is it Angus? Yes, mm-hmm. it is. And I did think you know that it was supposed to be 
Sorry. Yeah, no, you should you should say this part because this piece of trivia we haven't covered. What were you about yeah. to say? And Dina? I only know this because of Nicole, yeah. but Nicole said originally <laughs> that his name was supposed to be Stacy. Yes. Huh. Like Stacey when they MacGyver. came up with the idea for MacGyver, like the original pilot script had the name Stacy MacGyver on it. <laughs> Stace. I think they were calling him Stace. <laughs> Stace is cool. Wow. I don't hate the name Stace, I have to no? say. All right. um, um speaking of names, um, uh, we had another mobster, uh, Annie, in this one, another mob boss, Sam Leland. I looked up the last name Leland. What do you think? It's Irish slash Scottish. Love, I absolutely love this show's refusal <laughs> to <laughs> use <laughs> an Italian surname for a mobster. They're they are all terrified. Irish. Um, yeah. to use an Italian surname for any mobster. And so they give them all these like Scottish and Irish last I names. I thought this was a conspiracy theory of mine, but the more <laughs> it happens, the more I become convinced that there are executives on this show who are truly afraid of the mob and they keep giving their mob boss characters a Irish surnames because they're, but clearly they're all Italian actors. Like, we're yes, like, hey, mob would, do, 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 do. Like, <laughs> I want, I want to believe that it's because they're really sensitive to yeah, Italian right. American stereotypes. I yeah. don't think no. that's why. I think that they're actually afraid. <laughs> It's me, fucking Sean McGonagall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's great. The Pete MacGyver scene with the tofu casserole was interminably long. Uh, it had it had some fun comedy in it, but it was like there was just like like just like puttering around the apartment like yeah, dead air in that scene. We're in the apartment a lot, um, yeah. and and I love MacGyver's apartment, and I sort mm -hmm. of like it's gorgeous. The uh, I I love the loft. I love that he like stores his ski stuff like in like the extra little loft. Yeah. Like I love storage, so like I was down <laughs> for that scene. I was like, all right, show me what you got yeah. for bathroom storage. Let's see where you're. <laughs> where do you have room for your gardening supplies? Like, how are we doing this? Um, but I just want to say Pete's ice cream order is insane to me. Like that was Thank you. <laughs> also the way Pete says ice cream, I, I think we all, we all put the stress on ice. If anything, ice cream, let's go get mm. some ice cream. He goes, Absolutely. you know, I could really go for some ice cream right now. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? Nothing about like, his is delivery this your is organic. first day ordering ice cream. <laughs> like, cause it doesn't look like it. <laughs> could go for some icy cream i can't imagine like that scene near the beginning when he's like the whole back he just has a whole conversation with himself as he's sitting on his skis where he's like he's like go someplace we never knew we didn't know anybody you said okay i said you said it's so up and down and up and down and even just the you said i said thing is like it's, yeah, it's, a lot. it's like if you were an actor today and you got that script you'd be like i'm gonna cut out all these i saids okay just it's just not natural at all but this guy is like up and down and up and down it's like they give him this dialogue that you can't act and then he just has to like uh i don't know force his way through it yeah he did the <laughs> same thing when he was narrating the fact that the avalanche was happening and it's like pete this yes. this exposition is not needed <laughs> we turns can around he's like it's an avalanche he's talking to no one we've seen <laughs> it already <laughs> <laughs> i i did when he did think macgyver was dead though he did a really like whoa no like, <laughs> yes yes somewhat cartoonish oh. the way in which they're probing the snow looking for macgyver's mm -hmm. dead or possibly alive body with these 
metal rods, the force with which they're <laughs> jamming them into the snow. I'm like, you're going to kill if you're going to kill him. Yeah. Like, you're going to find him when you kill him. They're just like <laughs> right in the eye. Um, oh. I was moved to tears by how, how unceremoniously they ripped him out of this hole. It was like, you don't even know if he's injured. Yeah. They just like rip this guy out by the boot. And they're like, walk it off. There's no stretcher for this rescue mission. There's no, no neck brace. No. Yeah. There is, again, the ski patrol. She has seen it all, and she knows this is not serious. Nope, <laughs> She's no. moving right along. Glamorous <laughs> ski bunny. Uh, uh, I loved, I mean, when Pete breaks his leg, uh, I have never seen anyone just straight up cut the jeans of their pants from the ankle to the thigh <laughs> just to accommodate fun. a cast. <laughs> like, you could just make a cutoff. Like, I, it's just like hanging open on the wheelchair. I'm like, yeah. this is very He strange. wasn't wearing those jeans at the time of the broken leg no, either. There's no reason to have done it that way. Put on some sweats. Put on some shorts. Yeah, really. Oh, shit. Um, well, do we want to talk about the fact that the most interesting man in the world is in this episode? Yes. The most interesting man in the world is in the episode. Um, Jonathan Goldsmith, uh, you know the Dosiecki's guy, right, Deanne? Yeah. Um, Jonathan Goldsmith is a Vermont resident now, has been for a long for time. Him. Um, and so people kind of know him in Vermont as like one of the Vermont celebrities, him and Ben and Jerry. Um, and we've, we've like interacted with him a little bit. And, uh, I, I did shoot a message to his wife who also kind of like manages his public relations stuff. And I was like, Hey, uh, I saw your husband pop up in this episode of MacGyver. You, you would not recognize him. He's the guy, he's Jack. He's the Lieutenant, the, the right-hand man who like ends up. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. He had a lot of screen time in this. He had a lot of screen yeah. time. He's like the sweater khakis bad guy um, mm -hmm. in this episode. And uh, I mean, I stared at him and still couldn't see this, you know, the Dosekis yeah. guy in the, in the frame, but it was, you know, 35 years ago. Um, so anyway, what I got a very nice reply from his wife saying, uh, I've asked Jonathan, he says he doesn't think he can really help you very much. He had a perfectly nice time working on it and he doesn't really remember anything. And I was like, oh, that's a very nice way for an actor to say, I'd like to keep working. Thanks. Um, I'm not going to come <laughs> shit on my experience with MacGyver, even if it was 35 years ago on your podcast. Um, at least that's how I took it. It could just be, he seriously doesn't remember anything, but, um, but it was uh, it was worth a shot, right? Yeah, that's fun. But it's it's nice to know uh, he had a nice time on it because we've talked to some people who have not had a nice time filming. Okay, see that this is what's interesting to me because I would just assume like, of course, why wouldn't someone have a nice time? Like you know, yeah. the script can be full of holes, but it doesn't mean the filming experience was bad. So t give me a little. So I would. The pattern I've noticed, most of the people that we've talked to were the young actors that were on the show. So like the okay. kids or the teens um, and those folks, uh, from what we have uh, spoken to them about, have um, did not have a good time. Um, there was a lot of a uh, couple people said that their lines were dubbed over um after the fact um oh, no. and that was a really like jarring experience for a young actor um and and some some like abusive production stuff do you think that's fair to say anything yeah i mean i took it as like i, I mean i've it really feels like the first couple of seasons at least were just full of like a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of pressure and there was a lot of like chiefly male, you know, directing and crew kind of, they were moving so fast not to, you know, I'm not making excuses for it. It just, it sounds like the, the environment was very chaotic. Uh, and there was plenty of kind of like yelling and screaming going on just to get it the fuck done. 
which, you know, is like so antithetical to the spirit of the show because the hero is so like kind and nice and like it's a family yeah. friendly kind of action show. Vegetarian. Um, vegetarian. But it did seem like at least for these first couple of seasons that there was a lot of career direct, like director guys and producer guys kind of like yelling and screaming at actors to like go there, do this. Let's get it the fuck done and get move on to the next one kind of thing. But we should say that every single person we've talked to on and off this podcast has said that Richard Dean Anderson was a delight yes. um, and was very nice. <laughs> Thank God. Thank with. God. Know, That's what we need right? to hear. Right. Right. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm just going to st- I love the idea that uh, was it Sam Evans who brought this up that bad guys in the 80s were always just large men in denim. That was the <laughs> signifier. And we've got another one of those guys halfway through the episode. Yeah. We've got the guy with the turtleneck who's like a beefy guy with like jeans and jean jacket. Uh, yeah. I love that guy. I love his look. Very 80s bad guy. Very 80s bad guy. Very impatient man in yep. denim. Husky. Um, this yeah. is mullet guy. He had a mullet too, right? Mullet. Yeah. 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 The yeah. mullet was very prominent i mean that's like not a subtle mullet i was about to call it primo which i feel like is a word i got from the 80s i don't think i've ever said that (laughs) i was like it was a a primo mullet (laughs) um i uh i can't believe we've talked about pete so much and we didn't talk about this line because this is just a line that stuck out to me and we'll have a toddy for the body toddy for the body toddy for the body I think I immediately just blocked that yeah. from entering my memory because it was, it's too, oh. it's sexual almost. I, I don't yeah. know. It's, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. It must be a phrase, right? Uh, that it, we don't know. I was not able to find evidence that anyone <laughs> has said it before. Um, and that was more troubling to me than anything else. Because like, if that was a thing people were saying, yeah, okay. I don't love it, it to me, but okay. Uh, that moment felt very much like Winnie the Pooh, <laughs> like <laughs> looking for honey. Like, well, let's go back and have some honey. <laughs> it's like, we'll have a time <laughs> Yeah, except Pete is also Eeyore. Like he is, he is all of the negative yeah, true. characters. Yeah. Um, and MacGyver is, is I guess Piglet in this scenario. We're doing the Dow of MacGyver right now. Is that what you're <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I guess MacGyver is Christopher Robin. Why would I even totally. suggest otherwise? Totally. I'm sorry. <laughs> and he, uh, he had to say Toddy for the body because Todd for the bod is a different film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now that I'm convinced someone has said before. Yeah. <laughs> All right, hold it steady for me, will you? Um, what do we think about the MacGyverisms in this episode? Uh, we've talked about a few of them. The soy sauce uh, he made. He figured out which way gravity was by dropping snow in the hole. Um, he made a microscope with a water droplet. And then the whole landing is just a lot of laundry bag stuff. Yes. But can we talk about in the middle when they go from the ski slope back to MacGyver's house out of fucking nowhere, there's a potato clock. Is this, <laughs> did this... Maybe yep. this is normal for you guys once you're in the groove of watching MacGyver, but I'm just like, well, all of a sudden, what's going on with this potato clock? Right. I don't understand it. Do you understand? Have it? you ever made a electrical device out of a potato in science class or something before? Never, never. 
as unaware of potato clocks as I am of the sword of Damocles. Right, right. <laughs> you remember the name? Um, yeah. Oh, it's it's banked now. If it's if yeah. it's a reference for how stupid someone is, believe me, I'm not going to make this mistake twice. <laughs> yeah, that's going to get retained. Yeah. If if I'm it's working it into com- every conversation I have. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's sticking with me. Um. Uh, yeah. I mean, a potato clock is something that seems appropriate for science class. It does not seem like it's something that you would have in your home. Um, that was weird to me. I, I mean, they're constantly trying to show what a science fair project this MacGyver, he's always working on something. He's working on non-dairy eggnog at home. He's got always got <laughs> shit projects going on. That's how they sort of show, hey, guess what? He's like, he's always working on some invention. And it provided a little kind of like kind of opportunity for comedy. I did kind of chuckle when he was like, why did you make, why don't you make out of tomatoes? And he goes, I did, but it ran fast. Like it's such a yeah. dumb vaudeville joke but i was like this is kind of cute you know i was like be honest with you i did, did not get that joke when it came i i had to look up what he was talking about <laughs> why what do you mean what, what, what do you mean i just What's didn't like what did it mean it didn't make sense that's that was the point i think i think that was the point uh, anyway i wanted um, it to be rooted in something like yeah, i was yeah. like oh is like tomato the acidity yeah. of tomatoes like make them somehow <laughs> Oh, uh, now who's going? I gullible? don't know. Um, Me. I am. <laughs> I've been watching MacGyver for two seasons trying to make sense of it. <laughs> that's that's where you're going wrong. Um, well, yeah. And I I mean, I, felt, I just felt like the, to me, the ending felt pretty, uh, it just felt very garden variety. Like, okay, we're in a warehouse and he's going to like sneak around. And it felt to me like they had... They they had access to this weird factory with a bunch of machinery, and they were like, "Let's make up a bunch of shit he can do." And it didn't feel written to me; it felt very like improvised. What I didn't understand was when he trapped the main mob boss guy. Mm-hmm. He trapped him in like a chain link fence kind of mm-hmm. cube, right? And then electrified that. But that guy had a gun the whole time. Like he shot at MacGyver, yeah, and then got backed into this chain link fence cube, and then. Could have kept shooting, no? And I think the chose gun not to. Flew out of his hand at that point because he got knocked okay, okay. back. I think. Um, we've also seen this actor before. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you saw this, Annie. Uh, this guy was in your uh, favorite episode, The Thief of Budapest, back in season one. Yes. He was a very minor part where he like uh, kind of briefs MacGyver at the beginning. He's a good guy, um, mm-hmm. and this is just what this show does. Let's bring him back in the second season, make him a totally different character, and now he's a bad guy. <laughs> Just yeah, like, I love this show's willingness yeah. to just pretend like we're putting on a high school play yeah. every week and it just <laughs> does not matter yeah. <laughs> what has happened the previous week. Like that, that's my favorite part about MacGyver. Yeah, that's great. One mob detail I found incredibly convincing, this is based 100% on me watching The Sopranos, mm. was the touch at the back of the neck. When he's talking to his lieutenant, mm-hmm. he's got mm-hmm. his hand on the back of his neck the whole time. Yeah. Not in a, not in a, familial kind of buddy buddy tony soprano way more in a threatening way yeah but i think right. the mob touch at the back of the neck mm. can convey many things okay yeah i'm so glad you brought this up because i recently saw a photo on twitter of the actor adam brody um who people okay. might know from the oc and he was also on gilmore girls he was recently in promising young woman and he's like a very unassuming sort of um actor look and he was pictured on a red carpet with his wife 
with that move. Okay, that move is an abuser move. When it's a guy and a wife. The neck move. And there were people on Twitter who said they found that hot. And I was like, I am in the witness protection program if someone does that to me. Like that looked horrifying to me. privacy of your own home between two consenting adults. Yeah, that's it's not what we're talking you about. Want it to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but if what was it like he was standing and she's here and he's like steering her through? Yes. Like this? That yes. is 100% an abuser move. I've seen it. I've seen it. You see it with guys walking their girls yeah. into bars whatever. Oh, yeah. uh, hate it. I when I ooh. see like a two like a neck a palm on the neck or yeah. like a met even on the lower back in a too menacing way and you're like sort a, of like I own a, this someone. kind of yeah. yeah. Gross, yeah. very, very gross. Um, I didn't mean but to again, call out in the privacy of your own home, etc. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Or yeah. if you happen to be a mob boss and you're trying to scare your lieutenant. <laughs> but that's it's it is a move to show dominance. Um, that's yeah. in some settings. Is I mean, that's not appropriate. Just something that the Irish mob does. I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, were we entertained by Pete breaking his other leg at the end? <laughs> No, I didn't need it to happen. I did no. not need that leg no. breaking to come full circle in that way. No, it, well, it, it was felt like, like what, are you, what ice cream order is coming out of this? I mean, you <laughs> ordered a pint of Rocky Road and I hate to just keep coming back to yeah. this, but a pint of Rocky Road with just chocolate syrup and cherries. I do not trust the person with that ice cream order. Um <laughs> I did like that the whole episode just ended on MacGyver's reaction to the ice cream, though. Wasn't it? Yes. Didn't it end that he's like, well, no, I'm doing it because I really want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a half <laughs> smile. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, uh, the other thing that I've just found really, really funny. It's like Pete already has a broken leg. Um, this is earlier in the episode. And he does one of the Pete exposition lines where he says, thanks for letting me stay here while my apartment's getting fumigated. (laughs) And that was not a detail that we needed. Like it was enough. Like these two already have a relationship where they're going on vacation together. Like it was enough that you have a broken leg and you're going to take care of you. Yeah. 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 Fine. (laughs) Oh shit. All right. We got to take a break. Uh, When we return, we're going to find out more about what Deanne's up to these days and rank our episode on this super scientific DTNP rating system we have. Stick around. We'll be right back. Enjoying this podcast? There's lots more you're missing out on. For just a few bucks, you can become a supporter of the Duct Tape and Paperclips Patreon. You'll get access to a special podcast feed with secret bonus content where Annie and Nathan break down related stuff like the MacGyver Simpsons episode, Richard Dean Anderson's TV movie work, and lots more. At a higher level, you can even join Annie and Nathan in the Zoom when they record their episodes live and meet the comedian guests. And of course, supporters get access to cool merch like stickers, pins, even a custom engraved Swiss Army knife. Sweet! So what are you waiting for? Head over to patreon.com slash the MacGyver pod and join up today. That's patreon.com slash the MacGyver pod. Thanks for your support. We're back with our guest, Deanne 
uh, tell people tell people where they can find you and what you're up to and all of those pluggy things. You're doing a show, oh, hey. Deanne Smith and Acquaintances, yeah? Yes, I have a lovely monthly show I've been doing since September online called Deanne Smith and Acquaintances. We've recently had a reboot. For the first six months of the show, I was headlining with 30 new minutes of material at what? the end. It was excruciating it was fun it was fun it was fun we had fun um but it was kind of tricky um and so we've moved it into i've kind of rebranded it as deanne smith and more famous acquaintances i'm booking some big (laughs) names and i'm hosting this thing we got a theme song now we got a rudy cam we got a cam on my dog the whole entire time i saw Um, that that's brilliant check it out it's really it's really fun it's really silly we have a nice core group of fans what are they called acquaintances that are there from every show we're like building inside jokes from months to months and it's just so silly and so fun that's great how do people find out about that you can google any combination of those words um or go to uh, i love that i'm always i'm always posting links uh on instagram and twitter i'm deanne underscore smith on both of those things um deanne smith and acquaintances uh, oh, wait, I should say this as well. Tickets are by donation, everybody. Nice. If Ooh. you don't got it, uh, you know, give what you got. Um, and and every month, uh, a portion, we give 10% of everything we've earned off the top to different um, organizations. And truly, uh, the world is in such a state that we cannot keep up with the many places that right. could benefit from a donation. Um, and every month it's different. And if you go to the Eventbrite page, you can see who we've donated to so far. And Sweet. I'm open to suggestions. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. That's so exciting. Uh, cool. Well, should we move on to our final segment? It's time for mm-hmm. It's Classified. <laughs> That is correct. We are on a mission to figure out what the best episode of MacGyver is. Uh, So we together are going to rate this episode. That's right. Uh, We're going to rate it on a couple different categories. You did this last time, Deanne, but we've since changed it a little bit. We've changed the sort of uh, scoring system a little bit, Um, but it's all very similar. Uh, Our first question for you on a scale of one to 10 is how exciting did you find this episode? Oh, no, too exciting, if I'm going to be honest, (laughs) because it goes from avalanche to mm. mob stuff, kidnapping. Mm. I mean, Nate, you said it, you you found it standard or pedestrian. I don't know what. I was thrilled by the laundry warehouse. Okay. Um, <laughs> the laundry th- there was warehouse. a kidnapping. I mean, even the tofu casserole, I would give a five out of ten excitement. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, I was I was nervous and on the edge of my seat for a mm. lot of this episode. There were some dull moments. I'm gonna give it a seven point five. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought actually that the, the ski scene at the beginning, it matched with the, the footage they stole better than some have before. And it actually like yes. convinced me a little bit and actually made me like, oh, is he going to make it? Kind of, it was like a little bit more tense than usual. Uh, what about you, Annie, on a scale of one to 10? How exciting did you find this? I found it exciting. I hate stains um, and laundry, like the laundry and dry cleaning warehouse they were in uh-huh. was just, I was on the edge of my seat to find out what was going to happen. Yeah. I honestly, my biggest fear was that someone was going to like get stuck in, in the, the machinery. Yeah. In, like, I was really very worried about way. that. Well. I was yeah. like, yeah. I don't know why my my mind went to that. Um, yeah. And I also am just a very um, cautious person in general. And so for me, like when I go skiing, I 
keep it very, I play it very safe. I'm yeah. doing cross country. So the idea that we're doing <laughs> like downhill skiing really, really fast with mm. someone in your group that's inexperienced, my antenna is already up on that. And I'm already a little bit worried. And then someone literally gets shot in the first um, five minutes on skis. So I'm going to say exciting. Uh, so eight out of 10. Pretty good for you. Pretty good. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I felt the similar things about all those machines at the end, but although there was a moment when he took the big guy in denim, he had knocked him out and he threw him into a machine and then closed the door. But the other half of the machine was still totally open. And I thought yes. there's no lock. He's not locking him in there. Like it, it didn't feel like he had finished to me. <laughs> it felt like he threw him in there and like, hadn't really like the guy's going to wake up and just get out. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. And I love the fact, I think they even called it like, take him to the laundry factory at one point. <laughs> it's like, um, so yeah, I'll give it an eight as well. Um, uh, how well crafted was this episode on a scale of one to 10, Deanne? That's writing, editing, directing, acting, all of it. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, see, I don't have the benefit of judging against all the other MacGyvers that I know, I've seen. I've I just know. seen one. I feel like the writers believed they were outdoing themselves. <laughs> I don't think... They submitted this one for the Emmy, you think? Yeah, I yeah. don't think this was lazy writing in terms of just everything happening. I think they were like, and, and then he's going to break his leg. And then he's going to break his <laughs> leg again. <Yeah>. Um, so, <laughs> uh, well-crafted. Okay, so that's writing I'm thinking about. Editing, I mean, they can't help that the stock footage looks so old. I mean, I... I Edited seamlessly, as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. the and the fact that Richard Dean Anderson did his own ski spray, yeah. incredibly impressive to me. Pete, like I said, gave some incredibly unique linings. Ice cream! Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Their choices. In terms of, of well-crafted, <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to give the same rating, but it feels it feels honest. I'm going to give it again a 7.5. It's okay. it's up there. It's it's closer to 10 than, than 1. Okay, okay. What about you, Annie? Um, yeah, so they were trying to to cram everything into this episode, like <laughs> any kind of plot point or or action action point they could mm. was crammed in here. But I thought that was actually okay. Like it didn't. I actually didn't mind that the mob was also involved with the avalanche and <laughs> caused it, even though that was uh, completely absurd. Yes. Um, I'm going to say that I actually really thought that compared to other MacGyver episodes, like the pacing and the writing was, was better than average. The low point, and I say this with all due respect to Dana Elkhart, may he rest in peace. <laughs> the, the low watermark is definitely Pete on this episode, but there was other good stuff. So yeah. I'm going to give it a six. Okay. That's, that is pretty high for you. <laughs> We're used to threes on this category from you. Really? Yeah. Okay. I didn't have a lot of the same issues with this yeah. episode that yeah and i get I also, it yeah. go ahead sorry i just have to say that when i found out what you're doing is trying to get find truly find the best episode of macgyver <laughs> i started taking this system very seriously <laughs> like, otherwise i would just be like 10 exciting 10 whatever i'm really trying to think about it for you we guys appreciate i'm it. invested in this too there are other comedians who have come on and done exactly what you just described so oh yeah um, there, right. there are comedians who truly will just give everything a zero or a 10 and sometimes <laughs> they'll try to do both in one category yeah yeah well um, i hope you discount them because i'm gonna need to know the real best oh episode yeah of oh yeah, yeah for sure um well what do i give it i mean it is so 
funny to me when MacGyver's on a vacation or he's out in his regular life and somehow falls into an espionage plot. You know, it's like he, he, his job is to go to those things. Like he could easily have been waiting for that guy to make a drop. Like, why is he running into like literally running into someone uh, who's in the middle of a mob sting? How often does that happen to you? Anyway. Um, but other than that, it was a, an above average one. Um, so yeah, uh, I'll give it a six and a half. Um, this is a scale of one to five. So we go to one to five in this one. How innovative uh, was MacGyver in this episode, Deanne? This is like MacGyverisms, the inventions that he oh, does. Oh, yeah. Well, he used gravity. That was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I actually Why? fell for that. And then upon reflection, I was like, that is the dumbest shit I've ever <laughs> <Yeah>. seen. <laughs> Um, he did make a parachute and blow it through a ski pole, which seemed really impossible. I mean, the lung capacity on that guy. Mm -hmm. I did like the tiny parachute. I will give the potato clock some points. Mm -hmm. um, what else did he do? When we he had the, the electrified laundry, cage. Um, electrified cage was cool. The microscope he, in, he made out of a droplet of water. He weaponized soy sauce. Mm -hmm. Soy sauce. He weaponized sauce. soy sauce. Of course he did. Five. And that's my final answer. <laughs> Five out of five. All right. How about you, Annie? I feel like I want to make you go first on this because oh, yeah. you're incapable of giving something a lower rating than me. And I <laughs> want to go kind of really? high. Um, it doesn't matter how high you go. Nathan will always go half a point higher. Um, I liked the parachute thing enough huh. to, to score this pretty high. Okay. The gravity thing and the soy sauce, like I, I can't. I can't support that. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so we're going to say four. Four. Okay. Wow. Well, okay. I might surprise you here. I didn't think this was a particularly innovative episode. And this comes back to my whole last act thing, because if you put MacGyver in a factory with a bunch of cool shit, I want to see him like piecing shit together and uh, mm -hmm. just like explaining how the tracks worked and then like getting himself into a, in and out of a bag um, or, or hucking a, a wheelie cart at someone doesn't feel like a MacGyverism to me. Like I like when he's like sort of trapped in a situation and he's looking around, piecing shit together to make some complicated thing that's, you know, taking down the bad guys. Um, so, uh, so that felt like kind of a cop out to me at the end and the rest of the stuff along the way, uh, I feel, feel like we've seen more inventive from him. So I'm going to give it a three. Okay. Uh, okay. Eight, the final category here is 80s cool factor on a scale of one to five. <gasps> oh, my God. I mean, the ski outfit alone. The ski outfits alone. <laughs> and then yeah. his apartment. I know you've seen it before, mm -hmm. but I hadn't felt very 80s in a somewhat stylish but also um, authentic. It wasn't over mm -hmm. the top 80s, but it's just 80s enough. The mm -hmm. blonde wood. Something yeah. even about the skylights felt very yeah. 80s to mm -hmm. me. 80s cool factor, the denim, the mullets, even the laundry feels a bit 80s. I mean, it got, it's got footloose kind of mm. footloose factory vibes. Yeah. I don't want to ruin the scale here. I think I want to give it a five, but I feel there could have been room for a bit more. So I'll give it a 4.5. Okay. All right. How about you, Amy? Yeah, I loved the the all red ski outfit. It included like there was red suspenders over <laughs> yeah. the red, mm -hmm. like like it and red toned goggles. Like mm. that was a legitimately cool look. Um, and I think also just the idea of like like ski resort, um, you know, that, that just feels like really like eighties recreation, um, type thing. So I liked that a lot uh, the mullets, um, was prominent as we mentioned. Um, the reason why I'm going to only give it a four 
is because we didn't have any like ski bunny babes, um, <laughs> which I was really expecting because mm-hmm. I was like, there is no way MacGyver is going to be at this ski resort and not have, you know, some damsel um, ski bunny that he's going to rescue. And right. uh, they didn't do that. Right. I thought there was going to be romance with uh, our friend from the rescue team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she was not interested in no. anything that was happening. So. <laughs> no, that was all a bromance with Pete. She has yeah. lost two friends to an avalanche, so maybe right. that's where She's, her grief shines yes. through. She's right. just not ready. I shouldn't be so hard on her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with all that. Um, uh, yeah, the look is very cool and very 80s. Um, and if you'd like to see it on other actors, there are at least five other things where they've put actors from the fall guy and heart to heart uh in that exact outfit um (laughs) (laughs) there's plenty of other evidence of other actors in that outfit um but yeah i think i think the same i think there could have been a little more in terms of like the 80s cool but it was pretty close so i think a four um bonus categories these are yes or no uh, uh just a couple of these does he help out an old friend in this episode and we don't count pete anymore because pete's been helped so many times he can't be helped anymore so is there anybody else who's coming to the rescue of the art previously knows no uh is he detained against his will by the avalanche yes and in the van and in the van right and okay so he does get the five points for that um if he is detained against his will at any point does his escape from that situation involve duct tape paper clips or a swiss army knife any one of those three things i can only think of the swiss army knife when he's cutting himself out of the bag but he put himself in there Oh, yeah. He doesn't use a Swiss Army knife in the avalanche. Yeah, you're right. So no, the answer is no. Guess not. So he doesn't get those points. All right. That concludes It's Classified. Uh, It's time to reveal (laughs) the results. Out of a total possible 100 points, this episode receives 73 points. Wow. Making it the second best episode of season two so far. Wow. wow. And the only thing that beat it was Phoenix Under Siege by half a point. Finally beats The Wish Child by one point. Okay. okay. Having seen both of those episodes, do you agree that Phoenix Under Siege is, is a better, better than this? Of these two? What do you think, Annie? Phoenix Under Siege is the bomb better. in uh, in the Phoenix Foundation headquarters. Yes, correct. Mm-hmm. Where MacGyver's grandfather Grandpa. is also there. Yeah, mm, yeah, that's high stakes. Better. That's high a better stakes. one. Yeah. Yeah, it's a better one. Uh, it certainly has a. It has. It also has a funny ending, but I think it's more satisfying than Pete breaking his leg. Although and you might disagree the, with that. <laughs> the villain. Um, the villain in that episode is a little more fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, and the wish child we've been trying to beat ever since someone gave it way too many points a long time ago. So I think we're good with that. Um, so I think I think you did a great job, Deanne, placing this where it belongs for now. Okay. <laughs> um and thanks for doing this with us this was so fun uh anything else you want to say did anything else we missed here we want to talk about no except that i'll do it anytime i can't wait for i don't know season three <laughs> season four i don't know when i get to come back as your first third time returning uh-huh. guest <laughs> anytime i feel like you gotta bring nicole next time if she's that into oh, it oh she's in it she's she's interested <laughs> that's great the research is yeah, that yeah. is a step further than than most people are willing to take a casual I mean, MacGyver I, watch. I often, oh. if I have to watch something like from the past, it's often fun to just pull up the IMDb while I'm doing it, being like, "Who is that guy oh, from?" Yeah. You know, yeah. um, like for instance, the guy, the 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 guy who grabs Phil on the ski slope and says, "I came back from Florida for this," and he shoots him. <laughs> He's Murphy Brown's painter. Like, remember how okay. they had that gag where Murphy Brown always had the painter who was always working on her yes. apartment? That's yes. that guy. Like, <laughs> so weird. Anyway, anything you want to say before we get going, Annie? 
No, although I, you're reminding me that um, it was just funny that that guy was supposed to be like from Florida. Like that didn't really track for me. <laughs> He's an Irish guy from the Italian mob from Florida. Yeah, you know the Irish people yeah. in Florida. That's um, just, yeah. I have nothing else. Amazing. Uh, all right. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget to check out our website at themacgyverpod.com and our socials and our Patreon. It's all at themacgyverpod. If you want to watch old episodes of the show along with us, you can check them out for free on Pluto TV or watch Paramount Plus, previously known as CBS All Access, or you can buy the episodes on Amazon Prime. Join us next week when we'll be breaking down season two, episode 17, Dalton Jack of Spies. The return oh, of Jack Dalton. Take care, everybody, and remember, in the immortal words of our buddy Mac, Friends, friends are, are, are the, the adventures, adventures of, of life. life. Very well synced. <laughs> oh, I'll sync <laughs> that later. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night.